Sometimes you think about it when you're in the shower or as your mind drifts while you're driving or maybe when you're out with friends. It's a secret friendship issue that you've been grappling with and you would never say it aloud because you believe that other people just can't relate, that it's really specific to you and your world and your experiences and other people just wouldn't get it. Today, I'm sharing six private issues that women bring to me as a friendship coach that may surprise you. Issues that these women have been sitting on thinking they're the only ones until they reveal it to me during a session and I respond with, oh yeah, I hear that all the time. And their shoulders drop in relief and suddenly they feel seen. Now, I already shared these six things on social media, but I didn't elaborate. Today, I will. For some, I plan on doing full episodes because there's just so much to unpack. But for now, I just want to share these issues in hopes that it offers validation and reassurance to those who've been thinking, I am so alone in this because I'm here to tell you, no, you're not. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, I got you. I'm your host, Danielle Byer-Jackson, a friendship coach, speaker, and author. And when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding female friendship, I am here to help you through it. Whenever I'm giving some kind of media interview, it never fails that the host or, or the journalist asks me something about the kinds of issues that women bring to a friendship coach. Because as people try to wrap their mind around what it is I do, they're like, well, what are people talking to you about, right? And so hands down, it's it's how to make friends is like the number one request. But then women also request things about, you know, how do I navigate a really hard situation with a friend? How do I know it's time to release this friendship? Or they want to know how to create more depth in their current relationships. Um, oh, also, I would probably say something about feeling like the friendship itself is not reciprocal, that she's invested more than her friends. Is this ringing a bell? For some of you, you're like, Danielle, you are rattling off all my friendship issues right now, right? So those are like the most common issues on my roster, hands down. But there are other issues that I see repeat themselves. So while they're not in my top four, I see them repeat themselves often. And I think for outsiders, it would surprise them to know that these issues are even common at all. So the reason I'm sharing them with you today are, are for two reasons. The, the first is this. If you are a woman who can relate because you share one of the issues that I'm about to list off, I need you to know you're not alone. And I know how corny that sounds, right? Like you're not alone. But it's important for me to, to reveal these to you because one of the main reasons we often don't seek help is because we believe the lie that we are the only one, that other people won't be able to relate, that others can't understand. They won't get it. And that's not true. You are not strange or sensitive um, or overthinking if any of the following issues apply to you. That's the first reason I'm sharing this list to validate. The second reason I'm, I, I think it's important to share this list of surprisingly common issues that women bring to a friendship coach is because if these don't relate to you, the first issue, and these are ranked in no particular order, the first issue I want to share with you is this. Women say to me, I don't really get along with women, but I want female friends. That sounds contradictory, right? But what I really hear in that statement is there's some kind of trauma with a big T or a little T trauma around female friendships that has shaped her current attitude toward other women, but 
She's now trying to reconcile those experiences with a current desire for female friendship. Now, I'm going to unpack this fully in my upcoming book, Fighting for Our Friendships. I mean, I'm going to explain I mean, in detail, you know, how that works. But for now, I want to share a bit of the behind the scenes. Um, in a safe space, I think, women feel like they can let their guard down with me. And so they admit to a yearning for female friendships, even though on the outside and how they present themselves to the outside world is that, oh, women are drama, women are petty. I've never really gotten along with them. But with me, it's, yeah, but secretly, though, I would love to have women friends. I know that they're wounded from negative experiences in the past, but they have this vision of themselves with other women that they're comfortable with who care about them. And so, you know, during our sessions, I try to help her understand how her anticipation of having problems with other women might be indirectly impacting the way she engages with other women. How might your hangups or anticipations or complexes about women be indirectly shaping the way that you even approach women. If I'm feeling like this is going to be a problem, she's going to dislike me, we're probably not going to connect, then does it limit the way that I engage with her? Does it reduce my friendliness? Um, Does it make me defensive? Uh, So just, I'm not saying that those things aren't true and that women don't judge and hurt other women. Obviously, yes, of course. But sometimes the mentality we take into a situation has more of a hand on on determining the outcome than we realize. The second surprisingly common issue that women bring me is this. My friend did not make me a maid of honor or, or a bridal party member. And because of that, I feel some type of way about the friendship. Do you know how often wedding stuff comes up? A lot. Weddings are a celebration of this very significant life event, this major milestone, right? And so the people you choose to be a witness of that event are representative of your valued circle. And your bridal party is this public display of your friendship hierarchy. I'm not saying that it should be. I'm saying that this is how it's often interpreted by others, right? So the whole bridesmaid selection thing, while petty to the untrained ear, is actually really significant. I see women who are not selected and they're they're confessing to me how distraught they are over it, but they're simultaneously almost embarrassed for being distraught over it um, because they feel like, oh, is this a sign that I'm emotionally immature? I can't believe I'm hurt by something like this. Uh, yes, it makes total sense why this would be significant to you. I recently made a TikTok video on this. I mean, like within the past 48 hours of me, of this podcast going up and you have to see the comments. I'm on TikTok at the friendship expert. It's one of my most recent videos. If at least if you're listening to this episode, like in real time, I think at this time it has maybe 50,000 views, but the comments, um, a lot of women are saying, this is why I avoid bridal parties altogether, (laughs) right? Which God, I totally understand, but yeah, it's a source of pain uh, for a lot of women so much so that I, I think we're going to do a whole entire episode surrounding, um, how to have a wedding and keep your friendships because it's a turning point for a lot of us. The next surprisingly common issue that women bring to me is this. As a woman of color, 
I don't feel seen in my interracial friendships. As a black woman, there is so much I can say here, but I just want to share that there are many women of color who come to me and say how much it means to them to have somebody in the space who looks like them or who knows what it's like to have your racial identity be a point of friction in a friendship, whether your white friend knows it or not, right? Like this internal conflict that we have. Now, the central issue that women come to me for is not necessarily I want to talk about my interracial friendships. It's not my friend's white and we have issues because of it. But as those women are navigating other topics in our discussion, it comes up. So she'll mention a microaggression that she's adding to the already growing list of reasons why she's currently on the outs with her friend. Or she'll talk about the difficulty of finding her people in a new town where there's not much diversity. And so for women of color in interracial friendships, it often comes up in our sessions and it comes down to them not feeling seen or understood. This is frustrating because at the end of the day, we're supposed to be able to bring our full selves to the table in in close friendships. And so you cannot extract your racial identity from who you are. So you're bringing that to the table, but it becomes a source of misunderstanding, of, of, of pain, of rejection sometimes um, in friendships because of a limited understanding or because of, you know, certain biases and things like that. When I shared this original video, because I shared a TikTok video that listed these six things that I'm sharing with you today, there were white women in the comments and and who messaged me who were pretty much saying like, dang, I had no idea that there was even a possibility that my black, Asian, Latina friend could possibly feel like she can't show up with me. What do I do? While I appreciate the sentiment, the effort, that intention, the answer, I mean, really is not that simple. I will say, however, we're planning a part two to the interracial friendship episode we did two years ago um, because I want to do this topic justice, but we need a lot more time for that. Um, I just want to share today uh, that that is a common issue that women of color bring to me about their friendships. I think it's just so interesting. All right. The number four surprisingly common thing uh, that women bring to me as a friendship coach is this. I wish I had the kind of friendships where I could just hang at my house and do nothing. But the thing is, I don't feel comfortable bringing people to my house. You had either one of two reactions here. You either thought, oh my gosh, that's mighty specific. (laughs) Or you just thought, oh my gosh, I feel so seen. Women will sometimes talk to me about how they're yearning for the kind of friendship where you could invite somebody over. You don't have to get dressed up. You don't have to clean the house. You can just invite them over and you feel comfortable and confident that it's a judgment-free space and just and just laugh on the couch. No effort. No effort. But the thing that's keeping them from doing that is not feeling comfortable with their home. But that's the place where they'd like to be with friends. During one coaching session in particular, I was speaking with a woman who was on the the Zoom call on her phone and she was standing outside of their home. I'm assuming because the kids were allowed inside with her dad or whatever it was, but she was outside and I could tell because she was in, you know, in front of her house. And during our session, she mentioned that she had just moved to a new town, so a new neighborhood, right, by extension. And she talked about missing the ease that she'd established with friends in her hometown. And she was feeling very homesick in her new city. And during the call, you know, we were focused on tangible strategies because, you know, I'm all about action, tangible strategies for her to uh, start getting connected with women in her area, 
how to create a little depth, a little momentum. But during that conversation, she mentioned that if those friendships got to a level where she could casually invite them over for a coffee, that she wouldn't do it. And so we, as, as we unpack that, I'm like, you know, why? Why not? It's because not only was her house always in disarray because she had a lot of little ones running around, but because her home was the smallest house on the block. So she was self-conscious about having people over who might study or judge her home. Now, the irony here is this. In my opinion, because this is all relative, in my opinion, she had a beautiful, sizable home. I could see it during our session. It looked really nice. It was a relatively large home, at least to me. But to her, it was a source of anxiety when it came to the idea of inviting others inside. No matter the size or design of the home, apparently many women feel this way. We want the intimacy that leads to hanging out in a comfortable space, but we're not ready for the vulnerability that comes with that initial invitation. Now, there are many reasons for this. Um, you know, we're most comfortable in our homes. And so even though we curate this version of ourselves that we want people in the public to see, yes, even our closest friends, that wall comes crashing down when you invite them into the place where you're the most raw, the most comfortable. We fear really being known in that way. Now, for some people, it's cultural. For some, you're introverts and you're like, I'm not inviting people in because then I can never get them to leave. (laughs) I know there are other issues, but I'm specifically speaking here to women who are torn because they want to be comfortable with their friends in their personal space, but are scared of being judged for their personal space. The fifth surprisingly common issue that women bring to me as a friendship coach is this. I have friends, but I don't feel connected to them. Now, this one I actually get quite a lot, uh, but I think it would would surprise others to to know that. I want to say this. I think that when a lot of people hear a friendship coach, like let's say that you're waiting on the subway and you overhear a girl talking about how she's about to hire a friendship coach, you might think of her like, oh, wow, okay, she must be this socially awkward a wallflower who doesn't know how to have conversations and she needs somebody how to coach her through making friends. That's what most people think, right? I think people would be surprised to know that even though that person, that kind of person is definitely on my roster, I definitely got some socially awkwards who I love, okay? I think they'd be surprised to know that about 75% of the women I work with are charismatic, high achieving, funny, clever, cool collected women. I wonder if it's because they approach everything else in their lives strategically and they approach friendship the same way. I think people would be surprised to know that this cool, charismatic, high-achieving woman is seeking my help because she has a lot of friends. She perhaps is an extrovert and she's got the pictures on social media with hashtag squad goals surrounded by 10 other women arm in arm on somebody's yacht somewhere, okay, where others might look at her and say like, oh gosh, man, she seems like very cool, uh, likable, look at all these friends. But she's confessing that she doesn't feel connected to any of them. These are mostly my extroverts that I hear this from. I often say, or at least I speculate that it could be because for extroverts, we often work the room. We go wide instead of going deep. So we'll go to a party and shake hands with everybody and we'll leave feeling less connected than the introvert who sat on the couch and had a 45 minute conversation with one or two people. And so we, we often forget to go deep. And so I wonder if that's why my, uh, my cool, uh, high-achieving, extroverted clients 
are coming about disconnection. Something to think about, right? And then the last issue is this. My friends didn't acknowledge my birthday. And now I question the friendship overall. I don't know if this is because my eyes are trained to see it now because I'm starting to hear this in sessions, but I'm seeing this a lot on social media, specifically TikTok. When I, can I just be real with you? When I say social media these days, I'm really like 80% of the time in my mind, I'm referencing TikTok. Um, But this comes up again, not as the main issue that women are coming to me for, but it is often mentioned during our discussion. They'll, They'll add something like, and she didn't, you know, acknowledge my birthday. You know, it's just like a, a an afterthought, like a matter of fact. And I think it's so interesting. Um, there's a lot I can say here. And sometimes I get, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I get overwhelmed when people ask me questions that I get really excited about because I don't know where to start because there's so much to say. This is one of those. So I'm going to start by saying this. I am currently writing an episode specifically for this issue, the psychology of birthdays and their significance and why they impact our friendship so much because it serves as a turning point for so many of us. We look at the ways in which friends did not show up the way we expected or the way other people did show up and now we're looking at them positively because of of how they treated our birthday. It's a big turning point in a lot of friendships, so much so that I believe it, it needs its own episode. So this is what I'm doing, actually. And drum roll for, for a big-ish announcement. Um, we're working out the details behind the scenes. But this will be the first of a private episode that we're including in our new private library. So for Friend Forward, for each one of these episodes, you know, I end by giving you homework, which again, I will do today, of course. But there's so much else I could say. There are resources, questions, little tips, strategies, homework steps I want to give in conjunction with this. If you know me, you know that I used to be a high school teacher and I used to be an academic department chair. So I'm an educator first and I want you to really get the most out of these episodes. And so, you know, they're 15 to 20 minutes and I keep them short because I'm very, let's get to the point, but I want it to have an actual transformation in your life. I know this is why a lot of women book sessions. Um, Some even go the extra step and they come and they become a part of our group coaching program, Friendship Elevated, because they want their friendships to look different. They want more than cute little tips. They want it to look different. So they come to the program. But I thought I want to offer another option for women who are like, I don't know if I'm ready for a program, but yeah, I do want more. Like when the episodes are over, I find myself desiring more. So we're currently building our private library for friend forward listeners. And it will include things like episodes that I will not make public. It'll just be for our private library. This birthday episode, the psychology of birthdays and friendships will be the first episode in that virtual library. It will include um, extra resources that go with this episode um, and each episode from here forward. It will include um, challenges and research that I have not shared publicly, um, but I'm sharing within that library, along with tangible steps for you to take action. So if you come across an episode and you're like, ooh, this one's resonating, I need more, you'll find it in the library. Um, We're working on that behind the scenes. And this birthday one is so common. I think it will be one of the first episodes that we put behind that private library. So something to look out for. Um, We plan on launching that at the beginning of April. So stay tuned. Uh, For now, I'll just share this. When I see these birthday 
uh, videos on TikTok. Normally, they feature a girl recording herself and she's showing herself um, alone at her apartment. And she has a caption that says something to the effect that none of my friends showed up or everybody canceled on my party last minute or I can't believe that I'm spending my birthday alone. Now, as your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. These six issues that I shared with you are examples of some of the things women bring to me. But you might be sitting on your own friendship issue that you believe is just unique to you. I know it sounds harsh to say this, but there's nothing new under the sun. There's an issue you have that is not new, I'm willing to bet, and that other women are battling right now. So what we're going to do to keep you from harboring that and experiencing isolation because you believe you're the only one grappling with that is we're going to do take one step in bringing that to the surface. I want you to either write that issue down on a piece of paper in your journal. I want you to maybe share it with a friend or a sibling who you're close to. I want you to Maybe use your burner account on TikTok and come and comment it on one of my videos. I want you to find one way to bring it from your brain to something physical. Because that's the first step toward not living in isolation with it. And when I keep saying living in isolation, like I said earlier, if we believe that we're the only ones who have an issue, it separates us like, like subconsciously, like it creates the separation between us and other people because we keep telling ourselves I'm alone in this, but you're not. So instead of keeping it inside, how can we start to bring it to the surface just a little bit to make you feel less alone in it? Got it? Okay. It is my hope that this episode brings a little understanding and validation as we work through our private friendship fears and concerns. And, you know, if you want to take the next step and examine this and unpack it more fully, you know that I got you. You can book a session at betterfemalefriendships.com. But in the meantime, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.